So you're a philosopher? Yes. 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 This is Thoughts and Moments. Hey, hey, it's your boy Silly Thoughts, the Prince of Petty. And I'm Joy, also known as Joyride. I provide the moments to make your life better. We're here weekly to provide the latest news, trending topics, and edutainment. We will engage, entertain, and inform, but we keep it real and we keep it fun. So whether you're riding in these streets or podcast surfing with your peeps, this is a show you don't want to miss. Every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on The Real 1100 a.m. And guess what? It's 5 p.m. So let's go. Go, go, go. Hey, hey, it is your boy, Silly Thoughts, and you are listening to Thoughts and Moments Radio right here on The Real 1100 AM. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> um, my quarantine is over, so I, I've decided mm-hmm. to go maskless today. Uh, my co-host is going to continue to wear a mask, and I get yes. it. Um, I do understand that. That's being a mm-hmm. good citizen. Hello, um, everyone. Um, uh, my name is Jora. <laughs> I am his lovely co-host. You have to trust me on that <laughs> because of the mask, but... Um, uh, you know, Ellis went to Florida, and 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 and, and I, I don't I don't know them like that. So, you know, they might have a different strain down there. There's no telling with you know the mutations and whatnot. So, I'm gonna rock this mask one more week just to be safe. And um, uh, but it is nice to to see you feeling you know hale and hearty, uh, my friend. And I'm I'm glad you're here. Glad to be here. We have a really really good show for you today. So stay tuned. Yes, I'm excited about today's show. It is really. Um, you know, rare that we get somebody that it, that we know. That, well, we do know a lot of fabulous people. Let me take that back. I know me, lots of me, famous people. Yeah. Back up on that. We we know a lot of great people, but um, and that are experts or close to being ex- experts on their topics um, within our our circle of influence. And so, well, we have somebody coming on today, uh, Chuck Hobbs, who is. Uh, a social activist, journalist, and so he really is abreast on what's going on, and he has a lot of breadth of history, so he could, he's going to come on and kind of give us, we're going to talk about the legalities of social justice and how those things really work, especially with what happened down in Florida with the Supreme Court kind of putting a stay on them allowing felons to vote, or ex-felons, I'm sorry, ex-felons to vote, and what that means in terms of uh, how that's going to shake out in the state of Florida. I know there's been a re- uh, people have been calling for a recall of, of DeSantis and asking him to resign and all kind of things. But with the jumps in them now and now Florida being the epicenter of coronavirus. So in my hometown, actually, is one of the hot spots with Jacksonville, Florida. So it's a lot going on down in, in Florida yeah. and Texas and, um, you know, here in uh, in Georgia. Matter of fact, there was uh, almost 3,500 new cases here in the state of Georgia yesterday. Uh, but before we get into that, we got to get our sounder for uh, our trending topics. All right. All right, so uh, <laughs> trendy topic. So as we do during the pandemic, we do our um, we talk about what's going on. So right now we're at about 3.4, almost 3.5 million cases in the United States. And it is um, the escalation has been tremendous. You think about when we started doing this show mm-hmm. back in March, it was it was under two million. Yeah, it was. I think it was just over a million in terms yeah. of the, the country. Now we're at over 3.4, 3.5 right. million cases with 170,000 plus mm-hmm. deaths. Uh, associated with it and we're still fighting we're still mm-hmm. fighting about wearing masks we're still fighting about um what we should be doing and right. who's right and and now we're pointing fingers at through trying to discredit a 20-year veteran and, and epidemiologist and right. and dr fauci and we're trying to add credibility to well we don't really know and then you know we add let me tell you something <laughs> i know a lot of things I am really smart. I've got multiple degrees, but I also know that I never in any of my degrees studied epidemiology. I never studied um, uh, viral transfer. I don't have a degree in biology. I have one in chemistry, but I also know that I don't know as much as someone who has a degree in that, who studied it, and who has the expertise and the lived experience to tell me what they think is best. I'm gonna follow the experts and I urge you all to do the same. This ain't about political party. It's not about uh, um, 
American freedoms. It's about do you want to increase your chances and everyone else's chances around you of making it through this virus, or do you want to uh, laugh in the face of expertise? That for me, that's what it is. You know, um, it's the same as people who you know you think about people who uh, continue to do things that they know are negative for themselves, and we all do it. You know, I do it. I'm supposed to be on some kind of you know. I'm supposed to be eating better. I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yesterday. You know, I had some popcorn on the way here. So I'm not doing everything (laughs) I could be doing. But I also know that me eating popcorn isn't going to make Ellis sick. Joy, I got a question for you, though. Yes, question. Like, you you may have several degrees, but did you go to Google University? (laughs) Yes, Google University is putting out millions of uh, experts (laughs) at the moment. And I, I learn a lot of stuff by researching it. But if you Google something and your only sources are YouTube videos from other non-experts and um, I heard somewhere that this was true and you don't see any citing, you don't see any um, peer-reviewed documentation, I'm gonna need you to not trust that as much as you trust the people who have degrees in those specific topics. So yeah, Google University holds no weight with me. Come on now, Google runs the world, right? That that's that's the research place now. Nobody goes to the library anymore. People go to Google, right, to find things out and do research for articles and and to get and, your uh, degree, you just have to print it. Google's and <laughs> Google and uh, Wikipedia now, yeah, <laughs> are where we get our information from. You know, <laughs> so and YouTube. I'm sorry, I forgot the the, the, the triumvirate mm-hmm. there. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm hearing from the folks in our chat that uh, the sound is a little bit off. So we've had some power uh, surges here today. It, it may be a little fuzzy. So yeah, please bear with us. Uh, if, if we need to say something again, just be like, what? And we'll try our best to uh, get through this. But we, we are having a, a couple of issues today. But we really want to make sure everybody stays tuned in because it, we got a great guest today. All right. And, and that's what's making us. That's why I'm like, oh, gosh, we need to work on this. Um, power surges has affected the Wi-Fi, which, of course, affects our live streaming. So that's where I'm, I'm hearing most of the people that are watching on the live stream are saying it's choppy and, and it's hard to hear. So um, hopefully we're good on the sound. And so, mm-hmm. you know. It, it, hit that playback. You can always hear the podcast. <laughs> you can always hear the podcast. I will post that. I'll make sure I post that today or that first thing tomorrow morning so you can hear the podcast. So you can get all the mm-hmm. information today. Do I do apologize? Stick with us, though. Stick with us. We love it when y'all are in there. Ride through us. Ride with us. Uh, we're going to try to uh, get this. Hopefully, we'll get this worked out very, very mm-hmm. soon. Uh, real quick before our guest calls, we got a little bit of time. And so another trending topic yeah. is I'm just going to throw a two. I'm going to say two words. And I want you to give me what your thoughts are. Nick Cannon. (sighs) (laughs) Okay, so I am a big believer in allowing people to make mistakes and correcting those mistakes. So everyone, everyone is capable of making a mistake. Everyone is capable of sticking their whole foot in their mouth. But when you've been corrected and you've been informed that that was a mistake, If you decide I'm going to double down on my mistake, I refuse to be corrected. At that point, I got nothing for you. You know, we try to tell you. And so for me, um, I think if Nick accepts, you know, that, you know, things that were said didn't have to be said. um, Attitudes can be uh, reconfigured, if you will. Then, okay, all right, we can still ride. But I also think that um, the a lot of people like he shouldn't have been fired. Imagine, I mean, to think about how Twitter, black Twitter goes hard for you if you say something against uh, the black community. Even if you made a mistake, they want you fired, they want you ousted, etc. Nick Cannon got ousted. And the comments that he made were offensive to a lot of people. And so what's good for the goose is good for the gander. We cannot pick and choose when we want to be uh, uh, (laughs) internet gangsters. So um, I'm not sure where it goes here from him. But uh, I don't think that what happened to him was uh, disproportionate to what we expect to happen to other people if they made similar comments. You know, what was funny was um, I had somebody ask me for some samples of my writing um, over the years. And so I was kind of pulling different um, different blog posts that I, I, I posted over, over the years. And so one of the ones I had written was about uh, R. Kelly. 
Mm-hmm. And I was I was reading it to make sure it, it was it was safe to be said <laughs> in as a sample. Um, as I was reading it, it, it really brought up I, I brought I brought up some good points and I was like I forgot I brought them up. And we we're talking about how we protected, and I made the point that we basically funded R. Kelly's enterprise yes. and the way he was able to operate because every time we streamed this music and pay and got concert tickets, I didn't do it personally, but mm-hmm. I'm saying we as a people and we bought his music. We gave him the financial ability to be able to pay off families and continue to basically assault young girls. And so we are culpable in that fact. And But yet we were quick to cancel Karen in Central Park. We were quick to cancel um, the makeup artist when she was just trying to ask about the man stenciling Black Lives Matter. We're quick to cancel people when they call us out, mm-hmm. when, when they come and, and jump on us. But we hold on to our own. And so I, I'm going to I'm going to stop you because we're, we're losing people in the chat room because they can't understand us. OK. And I'm wondering if it's the headphones that we're using that are not coming through clear. So uh, can we can we go to break a little early and try to switch out the, the headphones so maybe they can hear a little better? We can. They don't hear. Well, they hear us through the phone. though. But yes. They yes. Let's okay. work on it. We're going to work. Let's we're going to try. Take a break. No, and we're going to work leave. on these technicals. So yes. Hang with us. Hang with us. I, I apologize. Mm-hmm. We're going to get this worked out. Kids follow your lead. Help them stay healthy. Wash your hands. Don't touch your eyes, nose, or mouth. And cover coughs and sneezes. Clean and disinfect the objects you touch often, like your phone, the remote, and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And if you're the one who's sick, stay home. This station is part of the Beasley Best Community of Caring, and we care about your family. For more info, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. To some, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much, but that's not true. They're testing out vowels and consonants and trying different sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on meaning, especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Have you been looking for a radio station that gives you sports? I don't believe it! Oh, it's a touchdown! Entertainment? Are you not entertained? And other special interest talk shows? Well, isn't that special? All on one app? Yo, that's dope. What app is that? It's the real 1100 AM app for WWE. Grab it for free in your Google Play or Apple App Store today. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. And we are back. <laughs> You're listening to the Thompson Moments right here on the real 1100 AM. Uh, if you are streaming us, because I think the audio on the radio side is working very, very well. So um, if you're hearing us, you know, if you're listening to us on the radio side, uh, just keep listening. Enjoy right. the show. It's and, a great and, show, yes. And thank you for listening. Um, if you're watching us streaming on, on social media, we do apologize. There has been some audio issues that we are trying to work through. Um, but and, the good thing is <laughs> that we are available on iTunes. And this episode yes. will be up tomorrow. 
yes. tomorrow afternoon on iTunes. So anything that you miss, you can catch then. Please subscribe to our uh, podcast. We're also available on SoundCloud. And that sound will be the sound that we hear in our headphones. So it's going to be yes. a lot clearer than what you may be hearing now. Yes. And so um, you, even though you won't be able to see our beautiful faces, <laughs> you will be able to hear our melodic voices mm-hmm. and and get the information from our guests. And so that's really the most important thing. I think it's a conspiracy. I think they know that Chuck is about to drop <laughs> science on us. And so they're trying to stop the man from being heard. But we will not be moved. Okay? We're going to keep it going. Our head is bloody but unbound. So we're going to we're going to keep on keeping on while we're uh, mm-hmm. waiting for our guests to get uh, to join us. And was that? Did you give him a number? I did. Okay. Good. I did. Yeah. yeah Sorry. You know, I, I, I said this to her earlier today. So. I micromanage. I micromanage all of this. <laughs> he actually sent back a very great question. for I, I will share that with you later on. That's, okay. That's probably behind the scenes business. So while we're waiting on our guests, I, I will say that mm-hmm. um, my point that I was making before the break, we were talking about uh, Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon and, and I was making a point about, about R. Kelly and I was saying we can't pick and choose who and what we want to cancel. Um, and, and that's the thing, and that's why when we did our show on cancel culture a couple of weeks ago, we had to be we have to be very very careful because when you start picking and choosing those people or those persons or those entities that we want to cancel, and yet we're holding on to things that may need to be canceled, mm-hmm. that's the definition of hypocrisy, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very very careful. So we held on to R. Kelly for 20, 30 years. And he should have been canceled a long time ago, mm-hmm. right? We should have shut him down a long time ago, and he would have never would have got to this point. Right. The, the rumors were always there. Always there. I got friends where I went to college in the early 90s that are from Chicago, and I said, oh, yeah, we know about Robert hanging out in front of the high schools. Mm-hmm. They knew it back then, and we still allowed his music. And you can't just say, well, 12 Play was a bomb. 12 Play was a bomb. Mm-hmm. But he's still dead wrong, and, and we could and we find that mm-hmm. sensibility to, to, to act. And so, and right, so bringing that forward... Uh, we cannot pick and choose who we decide uh, no longer deserves our financial support just because we like them. Um, if you disagree with what has happened, then that's one thing. But if you know that what has happened is wrong, but you just, uh, you know, you like their show, you like their song, you like their book, whatever, um, you have to reconcile the fact that you can be a fan of someone's art and not support it financially, you know? So, Greg, uh, people are asking in the chat room, can they stream the radio station if they wanted to hear us live right now? Uh, give them that information, please. Yes, you can hear the radio station on, uh, you can go to, there's the Real 1100 app, which is free mm-hmm. to download <laughs> in your app store. Uh, also, TuneIn Radio and iHeartRadio. Yes. Or TheReal1100.com. Yes. So, oh, they can stream on the website as well? Right. Yeah, so the real 1100 dot com if you want to stream uh there's no there's no video on there but the, you can get the audio live audio on the real 1100.com and then what you can do is you can um turn down your stream feed if you still want to watch us and then turn up your audio on the on the on the mm-hmm. website and you can you kind of pair it together you know how you, you yeah look if you've been black your whole life you know what it is you had a little tv on top of the big one right, right. <laughs> and one was for the picture was for the sound right. don't I act to, like i, I was the first person that did i mean that. but also if you've been doing zoom meetings like i've been doing zoom meetings sometimes you have to uh you know have your face on the screen and then call in to get your voice because sometimes technologies just don't want to work with you it's trying not to let us be great but we're gonna be great we're today. gonna be great any any darn way i'm not gonna curse i really do mm-hmm. want to curse right now because my headphones ain't working but, but, but i don't even know if my microphone's working it's a conspiracy i'm telling you it's, it's a, a conspiracy. conspiracy this should let you know how powerful <laughs> chuck hobbs is is that technology yes. is trying to stop the man from speaking but we will not be we will not be uh bowed we will not be moved we will we not do be this. moved and our guest is with us on the line the infamous chuck hobbs <laughs> how are you doing today sir <laughs> How y'all doing? Doing great. <laughs> Good to hear your voice. I know. I haven't seen you since homecoming. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about that Spellhouse homecoming. No, I, no, we're not. It, oh, no, no, no. It's special. No. It's special. 
It's, it's very, very special. And that's coming from a rattler. I promise you. That's Spellhouse Homecoming. It's, it's number two. Right. Behind, no, no. Behind Chuck, Chuck got the best of both worlds. For a long time, I wasn't sure if Chuck went to Morehouse or Fam. I was confused. I, went, I was like, I, which I went to both. Exactly. I, 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 I rep all, like, like we say in the country, I represent all both. Right. You know what? Chuck, that might make you the blackest man in, in the South. Right, 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 right. Well, yo, Chuck, it's, it's funny. Before we get started into, into our topic, it's like I read your stuff so much on social media, and you do a great job of mm -hmm. really explaining things. Um, so that's why I always read your posts. And, of course, you know, mm -hmm. Facebook's algorithm always pushed you to the top of my timeline. Yep. So I do oh, because I like your stuff so much. But it's like it's weird to hear your voice. <laughs> man, I know, right? I know, I know. Because I haven't seen you, Ellis, since uh, I guess it was a couple years ago. When uh, when Rob Hardy yes. and everybody had the Chocolate City uh, uh, big, big reunion at yes. the at Family Homecoming, I think that was 2018, if I'm not mistaken, man. So, that yeah, was that was it's, it's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so um, you know, as we are, of course, you know, uh, Joy and I've been doing this show uh, since March, and. You know, we're always each week we're trying to come up with, with new and, and provocative topics. We go from we've talked about movies and music and all types of things. But especially, you know, now we've kind of said we've kind of dubbed this the social uh, justice era. Right. Yeah. So we had the civil rights era mm -hmm. of our parents mm -hmm. and now we're in the social justice era. And so, and you know, I, I talked to a woman who was 68 the other day. Her name was Fran. And mm -hmm. she said the same thing. She goes. Uh, it's the same thing. Y'all just calling it something different. This is civil rights. You know, you call it social <laughs> justice if you want to. Same thing. <laughs> well, you know, we like to put our modern spin on it. So, uh, Chuck, I guess we'll, we'll ask you, does this era, does that, does Memorial Day feel like it, it tipped to now us moving into the social justice era or, or are we over our skis on that one? No, man, I, I actually agree uh, that this is something that, our generation has not seen before. Uh, when you think about the fact that I think everybody was disgusted with the George Floyd video, I think that that was probably one of the more unifying uh, uh, tragedies that we have had since 9-11. And, and what I mean by that is, think back to 9-11, when every one of us can say where we were when those planes started hitting those towers uh, for at least several weeks to several months, there was more unity in the United States than there had been probably in decades mm -hmm. or maybe even ever. Uh, you know, the year before, remember we had the contentious election between Al Gore and George W. Bush. Democrats were still upset saying that the Supreme Court stole the election. <laughs> but when those towers fell and when the Pentagon got attacked, for the briefest of moments, there there was really was no Republican, Democrat, uh, conservative, liberal, we were Americans who were all frightened that if they could hit us on our territory once, they could do it again. And what can we do to prevent future attacks? I, I think that's somewhat what we saw here in the weeks after George Floyd's death. I mean, you have to be an ogre. And don't get me wrong, there are some ogres here in America who actually have poked fun at the way George Floyd died. He's always going to have somebody who's going to be a jackass like that. But the main position is most Americans uh, across the ideological divide pretty much were upset with what they saw on tape. And even when we started seeing the protests uh, that erupted, uh, most were peaceful protests. Of course, you've got you're always going to have an element of individuals who are going to be not so peaceful. But for the most part, the majority of the Americans that we saw out there chanting and praying and marching and holding signs were peaceful, and not only were they peaceful, but they were multicultural. I, yes. And I have never seen that like that before. I mean, when we think back to our parents' generation and we see marching in the 60s, it's most, it was mostly black with a, a, a spattering of whites here and there, a couple of famous whites, your Tony Bennett's and some other people who would come down and hang out. But for the most part, it was us galvanizing and doing the sustained movement and, and across Sanders, the South. Don't, don't forget, Bernie, <laughs> Bernie going to let you know. He was yeah, there. yeah, right, right, right. I forgot mean, Bernie, Bernie Sanders. True, yeah. I think those were photoshopped. The movement getting beat up and all that kind of stuff when the movement went to Chicago. I, I did not mean to slight the burn, but but point being is that it was a trip when I would sit there, and I'm not gonna lie, I was sitting there, y'all. I don't know about y'all, 
But we're at that age now where I wasn't about to, I don't have the physical ability in this Rona reality to go out there and do any protesting. When they tell me to social distance, I social distance, and I was cheering on the protesters right from my couch looking at that TV <laughs> because I'm like, I'm not trying to catch something that I can't get rid of, mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm with them in heart and spirit. But it was amazing to see so many white kids, black kids, Latinos, Asians out there really trying to let their voices be heard that, hey, there needs to be some reform here on how the criminal justice system works. Right. You know, I I have to mimic that sentiment. I live uh, not too far from Georgia Tech. And I remember when I saw the kids protest and I was like, this looks like all of Tech's campus out here, which is Mm -hmm. extremely multicultural. And it wasn't just black kids. It wasn't just. And people were finally and I think possibly for the first time, recognizing that this isn't a black problem. This is an American problem. Um, And I'll go you one further. This is a colonized country problem. Um, Because like, like, you know, I'm a DNI consultant. And so I talk to people about uh, the impact of European colonialism, not just on the United States, but in South America and Brazil, in India, in Australia. Like we see it over and over again. And there's varying degrees of... uh, supremacy and brutality but the sentiment is always the same this is how you get colorism around the world is uh, that adjacency to to white and um what we see now with the police same i did the research it's the same ratios in the uk even though the united states kills in a year what it took the uk 11 years to amass no no we did let me take that back we did 10 times as many deaths by the police in 2019 as the uk did in a 10-year span one year 10 years 10 times 100 times as much because we have armed police and they don't but the ratio four to one of uh killing black people to killing uh non-black people killing white people was the same so uh it's not just an american problem but we by far have uh the spotlight on us right now and so what I want to ask you, Chuck, is, you know, what what do we want? You know, because everybody keeps asking, you know, what's next? That's a what great question. Uh, what, what do we want, Chuck? I'm putting that on you. No, man, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really good question, right? And, and I think that, you know, y'all think back to when we were in our 20s, right? Uh, as, as brilliant as we were and as politically astute as we were, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Ellis, when, when, when that Rodney King verdict came out in 92, Wow. And 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 that riots and started in Atlanta. Uh, you know, everybody talks about the LA riot, but don't sleep. It, it it got rough and tumble in Atlanta for a solid two days. Lots of property damage, injuries, uh, you name it. And we were out there fighting uh, the powers that be like for two days straight, right? And but it, for all of that intellectual heft that was out there throwing rocks and pushing and throwing Molotov cocktails or what have you at the cops. I think that at 19 and 20 years old, had we been polled, what do you want? Like Joy just said, most of us couldn't have really fully articulated anything beyond we want police brutality to stop. And so, and, and what's interesting about that is, you know, I did a pictorial last week on one of my Facebook posts where I pulled pictures from the 19 teens the 1930s, the 1940s, the 1960s, 80s, 90s, on to the day where black people have been hoisting signs and saying, stop with the brutality from the police, stop the lynching. It, it, it really is the tie that binds. Our generation is bound to our grands and our great-grandparents because they were being lynched and beaten by the cops. Mm-hmm. We are being lynched and beaten by the cops. And it's 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 and, and it's one of those things where at some point in time, when is it going to stop? You know, I had an opportunity earlier today. I don't know if y'all got a chance to check it out yet, but I was able to interview uh, Representative Val Demings um, on the Christian Recorders uh, website. And one of the things that I asked her, and you know, she's a potential uh, running mate for Joe Biden, mm-hmm. and she's a former law enforcement officer out of Orlando before she went to Congress. And one of the things I was talking to her about, and she made some great points, was just from the standpoint of we have to reform how we enforce these laws. And so that deals with uh, hiring, uh, you know, putting officers under greater scrutiny. Uh, hiring officers who have a higher degree of education. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be interesting for us to be able to see 
if we had the clearinghouse information, y'all, on how many officer-involved shootings of unarmed people involve officers who have no college degree, some college, or as opposed to college wow. degrees or multiple degrees. I, I would be fascinated to know the answer to that because, again, let's just be honest. There are some officers who get into the profession with the right heart and with the right mindset, mm-hmm. but others, this is the last train to Yuma, so to speak. They don't mm-hmm. have anything else that they can do. And more often than not, you got a guy or a woman who grew up and they were picked on or they didn't like these kids over here or they felt disrespected. And then you give them a gun and a badge and tell them to go out there and protect and serve. And they're looking for an opportunity uh, to, to, to kick the crap out of somebody right. to, uh, to show how tough they may have been. And so, and qualitative you know, that's immunity. one aspect. And I think from the hiring to the training to also making sure, I think one of the critical pieces here is when someone is fired from a department because they have shot an unarmed citizen, that person should never work for another department. And that's what we see more often than not. Okay, I got fired by the Tallahassee Police today. Well, I'm just going to go down I-10, over on I-10 to Jacksonville, and I'm going to get hired by the JCSO and start working and kicking butt again. I think we have to pay attention to those issues moving forward. Well, Chuck, hang with us. We're going to take a quick break, reset, and we're going to come back with Chuck Hobbs. We're having a great discussion. When we come back, we're going to really talk about how this needs to, I know we've been focusing on police brutality, Mm -hmm. but overall the system in terms of sentencing judges, prosecutors, defense, how did this Mm -hmm. whole system work together and how is that affecting African Americans as a whole and how can we reform the whole thing? We can talk about the hammer, but we got to talk about the nails as well. Right. uh, We're going to come right back in one minute. We're going to continue our discussion with Chuck Hobbs. You are listening to Thoughts and Moments right here on The Real 1100 AM. Or just six. The staff here at Real 1100 AM would like to encourage you to social distance yourselves. While you may feel disconnected, you can always connect with us at real1100.com. So remain at a safe distance. Call, text, or email a friend and tell them to join you at real1100.com. There's a lot going on in the world, and your world is always changing. That's why it's important to stay connected. The latest news, the latest entertainment, the newest music. If it's in the air or on the air, it can be in the palm of your hand, wherever you are, with the iHeartRadio app. iHeartRadio. Over 1,500 live radio stations from across the country and over 15 million songs to create your own custom stations. Text IHR to 45495 to download the app or listen at iHeartRadio.com. Standard text and data rates apply. That's a good point there, Greg. <laughs> and we are back, and you're listening to Thoughts and Moments Radio right here on the Real 1100 AM, and we are expressing ourselves. Here is July, and we have one of the best expressionists, if that's a word, <laughs> on the line with us, Mr. Chuck Hobbs. And we, Before the break, we were talking about... Um, the police side of terms of social justice and saying um, in terms of education, experience, in terms of maybe ending qualified immunity Mm -hmm. uh, with regards to police officers. And so maybe they don't feel so emboldened and empowered to use excessive force when they know they're going to be protected. You know, there's been a lot of ideas thrown out. But let's talk about that second piece. The police officers are writing the reports and they're handing it over to the prosecuting department. And the prosecutors, are they may be now seeing the dash cam video. They may be seeing the body cam video. And they're still reluctant to prosecute officers when they're stepping over bounds. How do we stop that process? Because the police officer might get, you know, uh, uh, his hand slapped or whatever, but when they hand that evidence over to the prosecutor, it's up to them to file the charges, right? No, absolutely. And so the way that works, generally speaking, is is that first thing that everyone has to understand is that prosecutors and police officers, police departments, form a symbiotic circle. I mean, there's no other way to put it. You can't have one without the other. Uh, in fact, most prosecutors in the state of Florida are sworn a lot of people don't even realize that they have a badge and and you can apply to even get your standards and, and carry a weapon and all of that type of stuff because they are part and parcel of the same situation. And so 
what I have seen and advocated over the course of the last 20 years uh, when, you know, working with the NAACP and other social justice organizations is that part of the major problem is that we as a people spend so much of our time focusing on the major elections. Like uh, you can poll any African-American across the country and generally speaking, they can give you some words about Donald Trump. They can give you some words about Joe Biden or whoever their candidate may have been. But if you ask that same individual, unless they are very, very, very dialed in like we are, the average Joe and Jane citizen can't tell you who their district attorney is or who their state's attorney might be. Mm-hmm. And so therein lies a problem because those are elected positions, too. So what often happens is you get an elected prosecutor who has received the endorsement of the Police Benevolent Association, and that to them, more often than not, is a very critical endorsement. And again, most folks generally aren't paying close attention, so they think, well, if candidate Joe Jones over here has been endorsed by the PBA, he must be good. He's a Democrat. If you're in a Democratic area, let's go ahead and or she's a Democrat. Let's go ahead and and blacken the oval for them. But what happens is, is those individuals are reticent to ever uh, go forth and charge those law enforcement officers because they're concerned that if they get to charging those officers, then that PBA endorsement might go away. And then you might have officers who are protesting and at the polls saying, don't vote for Joe Jones because he prosecutes good officers who are out here doing a tough job. And so what you have happen more often than not is what I call punting the football. And what I mean by that is they go the grand jury process. So that is one of the biggest ruses that's out because Often, more often than not, you'll find prosecutors across the country, yeah, I want to take it to the grand jury. Well, the reason that's punting the football is because each of those prosecutors has it within their power to press charges directly for manslaughter, murder, right on up the chart. But when you take it to the grand jury, well, guess what happens in the grand jury? The grand jury meets in secret. So the press is not there to see what's presented to the grand jurors. The defense attorneys or the civil attorneys Uh, for the decedent is not there to ask questions or to figure out what's going on. So when Prosecutor Joe or Prosecutor Jane emerges from the grand jury room saying, hey, I presented it, and the grand jurors have decided that they are not going to indict officer such and such, then it's like, but I did my job. So they say, I did my job, I presented it to the grand jury, but no, you didn't. You punted the football to the grand jury. Uh, how well you did the job, we will never know because we're not there for to, to make it transparent process. And then from the fault that, so what I get at is when you see the Marilyn Mosby's across the country and prosecutors like her, it takes a lot of guts for them to say, you know what, I'm not going to the grand jury. These officers did X. I believe that they have run afoul of the law. I saw that Prosecutor Paul Howard did the same the other week after Rayshard Brooks was killed and what have you. And it takes guts to do that because prosecutors who decide to do that are going to get pushed back from the, the, the blue wall, as what a lot of people call it. And so we've got to pay attention to that. Basically, what I'm saying is everybody who's listening, if you have a district attorney race or a state's attorney race in your area this fall, find out who's running, figure out who is the most moneyed candidate from the Police Benevolent Association or other law enforcement officials in your area and support the person who is willing to say, hey, I believe that police officers should have due process, but police officers also should have a process, not just a, we're going to, again, punt the football and put you right back on patrol here after you have killed an unarmed citizen. Right. What do you say to those people, those individuals? Because I've gotten this myself, um, you know, in these kind of discussions on social media that say, well, more white people are murdered by police officers and you don't see white citizens all up in arms. Oh, I got an answer for that. Talk to me, Joy. What's your thoughts on that, Joy? It's simple math. I've done this like uh, literally about 100 times in the last month or so. Um, the statistics are very, very clear. And if you stop on the surface, yes, yes, uh, empirically, more white people were killed every year by the police than black people. But you also have to do a little bit of division. The, uh, the white people right now are about 62, 63 percent of the population. Black people are about uh, 12 
give or take. So that's like a six to one ratio. So if they're killing, you know, 280, no, 370 white people in 2019 were killed by the police and 280 black people were killed by the police. Yes, that one number is bigger than the other. When you divide that by six and realize <laughs> uh, what the ratios are, black people are being killed at three and a half to four times the rate of white people. And the same is true here in the States as it is in the UK. Even though their numbers are much smaller because the police don't carry guns, it's a, it's a three and a half to one ratio of uh, how many people per capita of black people available are killed by the cops versus same thing here in the States. So y'all can miss me with that. Uh, more people are killed. Yeah, more. But y'all got six times as many. It should be 300 to 50, not 300 to 200, you know? No, no and, that's, and, that's, and that's precisely the point. And what's interesting about that is, you know, we as a people have never tried to make it strictly about race. I mean, obviously, we're black, and so we are going to have a form of solidarity with black victims of police excessive uses of force. But at the same time, we also ride hard when there are other people uh, who are victims of police excessive uses of force, because at the end of the day, we all sense that, but for the grace of God, there go we or I. And so when, when you stop and think about that, like there was a woman here in Tallahassee about five or six years ago. She was represented by a friend of mine named Fred Conrad. And when I tell you that in, in, in Ellis, you'll remember this area. It was out in Killarn. Yep, so that's a, that's a more upscale, uh, uh, predominantly white area here in Tallahassee. Yep. And she came home. They had some suspicion that she might have been driving under the influence. And I cannot recall her name right now, but they beat her eight weight. Well, not, I don't want to over-exaggerate, but the injuries look way worse than what happened. She got into a spat. She's arguing with them. Next thing you know, she gets her head meets the fender. And I mean, she was black, blue, purple. Mm. When they got done with her, was missing teeth. And there was outrage. I mean, there was, it wasn't just outrage from whites. It was outrage from blacks, too, because we're like, hey, what they did to this lady, if they'll do that to her out in Killarn, <laughs> I don't stand a chance right. if I'm riding down Juan's way, you know, getting ready to go to the spur. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so it, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we just want, and, and this is where you the, the divide kicks in from intellectuals as opposed to people who are ignorant. And what that is, is ignorant people will never convince them otherwise. There, there are going to be some people who are just going to try to gaslight. They're going to try to pretend as if all oh, y'all are just belly aching and whining and moaning. And if you just follow the law, uh, you wouldn't be in trouble in the first place. I don't ever try to to engage with those people because I recognize that I'm an acquired taste with my <laughs> writings and I'm not writing for the fools. Okay. But for the people who can think, and those are the ones who generally follow me uh, with regularity, my point is this, which is the problem. I have never in my life said that if a police officer has a true reasonable threat that they are about to experience bodily harm or death, that officer should have a right to defend themselves and go home. Absolutely. I don't have a problem with that. If, if, if a cop pulls a car and there's a guy that pulls a weapon, hey, do what you have to do to get home. My problem is with the Sandra Blands and the Eric Garners yeah. and the Rayshawn Mike Brooks. Browns and the Philando Castiles. And I mean, we can sit here and name <laughs> until midnight all of the people who were not armed, who were not a threat, and they never got to go home because you had an overly jacked up officer with a grudge and a gun who ended their lives prematurely. That's what we need to be talking about. That's what we have to address. Mm -hmm. And that's what's got to stop, period. Absolutely. I, I, I could, and it's funny. I was like, I'm, I'm chuckling here because I'm like, you're saying you're using all the Tallahassee references, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know about that one show. Oh, I, that, even though it's not, a, even though it's not a spur no more, that's old school. That's old school mm -hmm. right there. Just because y'all old. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but you know, um, uh, you, you touched on something that I want to, I want to uh, come back to, and it's, uh, um, black people don't. You know, we, we, we tried our best. We try our best to pick our battles. You know, um, I'm from Houston, Texas. And I've seen a couple of times over the past uh, decade or so, maybe past five years, where uh, the report makes the news where a policeman has fatally shot someone in Houston, in the city, like inside the loop. And when I hear that, I'm like, mm, 
let me see what else it's about because I know those cops and I live there. I grew up there and I know the mayor. I know people that work in the mayor's office and they don't truck with that. So then the rest of the story comes out, you know, the the, the, the assailant had a gun. He uh, fired two shots at the cops and they, they returned fire and he lost his life. Okay. Okay, the investigation was valid. I get it. Um, uh, that is not something that I'm going to protest because it seems as if there was a real fear. It seems as if there was a reason and that I'm not going to uh, declare that that guy didn't um, cause that you know scenario to, to, to uh, escalate. But when you have someone who is jogging and people who are not even in the police force decide that he doesn't belong in their neighborhood and they take his life, and no investigation is done whatsoever on, these are not cops fearing for their life. They didn't have to chase that guy. The, even the 911 officer is like, what has he done wrong again? Like, you know, everything in you says, you don't, this doesn't have to happen. That's when we take to the streets. That's when we protest. And I Absolutely. think we are discerning enough to know the difference. Them and the Karens. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I go walking, you know, every day for the last three weeks. I, I, I am uh, way overweight and I am dropping weight, praise God, uh, and what have you. But but I had a stressful day about three weeks ago. I pulled a Forrest Gump where I was like, well, I need to get out and walk because if I don't, I'm just going to probably stroke out. And it felt good. So I joined uh, Vaughn Wilson and O'Neal Brown's uh, challenge that y'all might be seeing on Facebook. Yep, yep. And that first day, that first mile was rough. I, I was huffing and puffing about a quarter mile in. <laughs> now, now I'm doing three to six miles on a daily basis, oh, and, and it feels good to be able to do it, right? But I'm going to tell you something. If you notice any of the pictures that I put on, every now and then I'll have on a Kappa T-shirt. But for the most part, I'm out there working out in old polo shirts, polo wow. shirts and Nikes, because in the back of my brain, and this is crazy, but it is the truth. I think to myself, I don't want to go out with a basic white tee or a beat up, torn up type t-shirt and have some Karen or have some Ken questioning, why are you in this neighborhood that you've been living in for the last 12 years? Do you belong here? Who are you? Why are you here? And then that escalates from conversation to gunplay or or where I'm don't make it home. And and some people might be like, Chuck, that's ridiculous. Well it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous that I have to even think like that. Right. Or that right. even though I'm up at four thirty five in the morning most mornings, I can't go in the dead of night and get a walk on or in the early morning light because at the end of the day I don't want my body to make some Karen or some Ken nervous when they see me and next thing you know, they're shooting at me or calling the cops who are shooting at me. So those are the realities that we all know as black professionals, that no matter how many degrees we have, no matter how great we do in life, that at the end of the day, there could be somebody with fewer degrees than you, with far less common sense, and way less money in the bank, who can make a decision that summarily could end your life in an instant. And, 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 and that's a problem to me. You know, um, I, I, I did, like I said, I do a lot of these talks, a lot of these conversations, a lot of training for, uh, you know, corporate America. And I talk about this because gender is a lot easier for people to understand than race. And so the analogy that I use for them is they say, you know, well, why was he? He shouldn't have been wearing a hoodie or, you know, uh, he shouldn't have been out uh, alone or he didn't look like a jogger or if he had only complied, if he had only done this, if she had only done that. I said, you know what you sound like? You sound like. Why was she wearing a short skirt? Well, she shouldn't have been drinking. Well, she shouldn't have been out without her friends. Where was her rape whistle? How come she didn't report it? That's the same stuff. It's the same type of mentality excusing the aggressor and victimize uh, or blaming the victim. You know, right. um, it, we could wear we could wear full suits and beanies. And the next thing you know, uh, <laughs> the media will say there's a new gang out there wearing beanies and blazers. <laughs> you know? no, you, but you, 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 you're dead on. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like the time I had somebody bless her heart in my inbox asking why was I and a bunch of my my, my friends throwing up the KKK sign, and I'm like, huh? What's the KKK sign? And then I didn't realize that she's talking about the yo. And I'm like, no, ma'am, that, that's a, 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 a symbol that me and my fraternity brothers use, not some white supremacy. But she was going in on me in the inbox thinking that I was unwittingly supporting white supremacy. And so, again, those assumptions just will blow your mind. And unfortunately for us, they put us on edge 
and make us nervous. Because again, even like I say, dressed in reasonably nice looking stuff, I still could have a Karen or a Ken run up on me with some foolishness. And I'm so much more at ease now at 48 than I was at 28. 28 year old Chuck would ask somebody what the F they're looking at. And, but 48 year old Chuck now recognizes that, okay, you don't have to lose your dignity and you don't have to step and fetch with these people, but also do whatever it is you can do to avoid any unnecessary entanglement with them where you do go back to the old you and, and, and it escalates to something that, uh, cause again, like I, I stand my ground <laughs> if you get where I'm coming from. Like I ain't no shrinking violet out here, but the, the key is to get home. And, and that's what I was always taught growing up in regards to self-defense from my father, which was, you know, like the best self-defense is to not ever have to defend yourself. And so I'm using everything that I can do to avoid having to go to somebody's dome or worse because of the fact that they are assuming that I don't belong and, and trying to harm me. So I guess the, 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 I got two questions. And one is like the point is like, yeah, Calvin's going to have to be real careful because that, that upside down, when you turn that yeah. hand upside down, that's been kind of the adopted, you know, white supremacist mm -hmm. uh, hands. This is true. And so, this is true. And so that, that's yeah. tough. Right. Um, and, and we know the difference because I yeah. can look at it and see, you oh, know, I, one is angular, makes yeah. a diamond, the other is circular. It's we like, know what it is, yeah, but, we know what but it is. I, culturally we know what it is. Right. The question, I guess the question I have is, one, why do the Karens and the Kins, for lack of a better term, feel like it's their duty to, because we've seen all the videos now, and more and more videos are coming out, but more and more videos are coming out, so that means they're not stopping. Why do they feel it's their duty to go and check um, black people just doing rather innocuous activities, barbecuing, sleeping in their mm -hmm. study area, sitting in Starbucks? We can go down the list. Why do they, bird watching, why do they feel it's their duty to, to run up on folks working out? That was, mm -hmm. the, that was the one. Why do they feel it's their duty? Why do you think it's their, they feel like it's their duty to run and make sure that a black person is where they're supposed to be? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. And what it comes down to is, is that, again, we're still talking about a percentage of a population. And so I, I don't want anyone who's listening to this thinking, Chuck, are you saying this about all? No, I'm not saying it's about all. I'm talking about the Karens and the Kens. And so if you're not a Karen and a Ken, then hush, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> but what, 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 it, what, it, what it comes down to is, though, we all have seen or heard instances where the cultural differences there, there are a lot of our white brothers and sisters who have this weird kind of believe they are in charge, command authority type of thing. Sometimes it's passive aggressive or microaggression. Sometimes it is, like I say, aggressive aggressive. And it often leads to either harsh words or worse over time. I mean, sisters see it sometimes when uh, a white colleague or a, a white fellow student might be like, hey, you're wearing your hair in an afro. Can I touch it? No, you can't touch it, right? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, or, hey, I remember when I was in law school, Chuck, hey, show me that new dance. I, I don't dance. And, and, and I mean, I do dance, and, and I used to dance, dance reasonably well, mm -hmm. but I'm not here to be your minstrel, and right. I'm not going to butt dance for you and show you how to do the bankhead bounce, because that's not what we do, right? right? And so there's a weird kind of, it's almost like nervous energy for some, or for others, it's just straight what it is. It's a racist belief of, I can do and tell you what to do and you need to comply because my skin gives me a privilege mm -hmm. to tell you what to do. And so, again, wisdom teaches us to try to avoid those situations the best you can, as opposed to where we were when we were younger, where it turns out, what did you just say to me? And, and the next thing you know, it, it goes left. And, and again, it's getting worse. I mean, we're in a climate now, I think one of the worst things, y'all, that's happened, I kind of was jokingly saying a little bit ago that I'm the kind of guy that stands his ground, and well, half jokingly, because I, I do. But at the end of the day, I do believe that those stand your ground laws that passed in 2004, 2005, yep. are some of the worst on the books yes. because what it did is it took the reasonable use of caution thing out of most people's mindsets. Whereas before you would have had to go and prove that there was a real legitimate threat and that you had no other recourse 
but to use deadly force. Now, the threshold is so much easier for someone to say, oh, well, yeah, I saw Chuck. He was six one and a half. He's 300-plus pounds, and he made me nervous. And so, yeah, I pulled my gun, and I shot because he made me nervous. Right. And and I'll be doggone. I'll be out there in the cemetery, and they'll be right back to work and chilling with their families. And so, right. again, it has made all of us have to be situationally aware so that you don't put yourself in a position the best you can. You try to avoid foolishness in as much as you can. I'm going to make y'all laugh. I know we're coming close to the time, but I was at Chick-fil-A probably about two years ago. And sometimes, like when I'm getting out of my old car, when I would get out of my car, sometimes if I got a text message, I might have the door of my vehicle open, my feet out, and I'm sitting there responding before I get up and go inside. So I was doing that this day, and this big, huge, dually truck driven by uh, one of them pulled into so close to me that I was this close, like a hair's breadth away from getting hit by the truck, okay? And so by that point, I had stood up, and it was hard for me to even move. But He was so close, my stomach and chest was rubbing up against his door to try to get to the sidewalk. But the look that this guy had on me, and he had to be, y'all, maybe 5'3", 5'4". He was all of about 65, 66, 67 years old. He might have been 100 pounds smoking wet, soaking wet, but he was looking at me like, you got something you want to say? Now, I'm no dummy. I knew good and well, okay, he's probably got that Beretta or something right there on that front seat. And just as sure as I cuss or be like, you almost hit me, next thing you know, what happens? Hobbs is shot outside of Chick-fil-A when he's just trying to get some nuggets. Do you get where I'm coming from? (laughs) So you you just, you got to learn to pick and choose your battles and, and be careful out here because this climate is getting worse. It's not getting better. At I, all. I remember when Trayvon Martin's killer, George Zimmerman, uh, was not convicted. And that's a whole nother story about uh, charging the right level of charges so that mm. a conviction is more assured. I think they overcharged Zimmerman with something that couldn't be proven. But anyway, uh, when he when he got out, when he got uh, free, uh, uh, not convicted, I remember telling people who didn't want to hear it at the time, this is giving people an open license to hunt black people. Yeah. I said, because what yeah. you can do is go pick a fight with a black person, and when they defend themselves, you can shoot them. And they could be minding their business. All you got to yeah. do is, you know, run up on them, punch them in the back of the head, they turn around and defend themselves. Oh, you know, and they're like, no, no, that would never happen. It's happening. It is happening uh, all the time. You're seeing, yeah. you know, uh, random people get into an argument with uh that, that that woman and her daughter, and then pull a gun on them. Yeah, you know how you gonna be? How you gonna be fearing for your life when all you had to do was get in the car? And you had that or, thing in the car. Or, or the one out in Missouri <laughs> the other week. You know how they started telling the lie that oh they were breaking into that couple's uh, mansion out there in St. Louis during the protest. No, they weren't. They right. they weren't even on that couple's lawn. They, they were, were walking by. <laughs> yeah, they were nowhere near their house, but they come out with an AR-15 pointed totally in the wrong direction to the point where he was going to hurt himself uh, and what have you had he shot that weapon. She's holding that pistol like she's holding a glass of wine. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was it was comical, but it wasn't comical. Because, right. again, at the end of the day, if they had shot one of those peaceful protesters who was nowhere near the house, the question that Beg's asking is, if I go out right now, and that goes back to what y'all were just asking a few minutes ago, if I'm at my house right now, and there are some protesters marching down the street. Even if I go sit on my porch, I wouldn't feel that I have the right to go out and heckle them, let alone pull one of my weapons out and point it at them when they're not anywhere near my yard. I, I, it's just, it, mind, it's, it boggles the mind to think about how some of these folks will, will, will take things way too far just because they're trying to prove a point or make a statement. And, and they could have done that. Their, their lawyers out there in St. Louis, they could say, hey, we don't agree with any of these protests. They could have written an article, an op-ed, but to go out there with weapons and now potentially find themselves in a position where they may get prosecuted at some point in time or face ethical issues, you know, you got to ask yourself, you know, wow, what, what was it really worth all of that? And you well, know, it all goes back to the basic, uh, the basic premise of what white supremacy really is. It's, it, it makes the, the average white person uh, in some instances, because it's not all of them, but it makes people think, how dare you be in my space 
And how dare you presume to think you're on my level? And then they take things, they get violent when uh, their uh, superiority is challenged. Or they, like think about Amy Cooper. She decided to call the police on the bird watcher because how dare you tell me what I should be doing? And that's the problem a lot of people had with Barack Obama being the highest office in the land. How dare you and your wife try to get my kids to eat broccoli? You know, I'm not doing that because they did not see that skin tone as having authority and they refused to accept it. And, well, it, and it goes, it's pervasive. It's, it's, it's everywhere. Some people don't even realize that they're doing it, you know? Yeah, we got it. We got it. Chuck, we would love to keep it. We ain't even talking about Breonna Taylor. We ain't even talking about that situation. And, and But you're making a really great point about how stand your ground and the lack of prosecution, all of that interplays mm -hmm. with one another in the legal system and how it could really be a detrimental. So just make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Chuck, how can people get in contact with you? I know you got the observation point. Tell people how they can follow your stuff, follow you. How can they get at you, Chuck? Man, that's real. I appreciate that, Alice. So, yes, follow my blog, observationpoint.com. Observationpoint. Well, it's actually theobservationpoint.com. Uh, also, you can uh, follow me on Twitter, at real. Chuck Hobbs, and then I have two Facebook pages, the regular one, Chuck Hobbs, and then I have Chuck Hobbs 2, T-O-O, for when they put me in Facebook jail, and I got to still keep the party going. So uh, send me a friend request, follow me, and let's keep elevating the conversation here, man. It's all love, and I hope to come back oh. and I uh, speak with both of y'all soon. Chuck, we're we, we going to ask you back, because I never did get to what We're we going to get you a regular segment once yes. a month. We're coming on. The yes. observation point coming in. So we'll, yes. we'll talk man, about that, that offline. That, that, that'll work. It's all love, y'all. So listen, y'all be good. Y'all stay safe. Joy, I see you got that mask on. I'm proud of you. Ellis, get your mask on, bro. It's right here. It's right here. I got it. In 2021. Huh? <laughs> all right, y'all. Y'all be good. And I'll holler at y'all on the next segment. All right. Thanks, Take Chuck. Care, babe. We're, we're, out. we're out of time. So... Thank you all for listening. We're about to get put out again. We get side eye from our producer. <laughs> Peace. See y'all next week.